Hey, welcome to Crosswalk Church. Today, Pastor Dan is bringing you a teaching, so head over to crosswalkphoenix.com and find today's message under the worship tab. There you can download the Crosswalk notes to follow along. And now, here's Pastor Dan. Now, as we're going through this, uh, some of you, this is the first time leading God's way you've heard any of these messages. And don't worry about it. If that's the case, then I want to say to you, Happy Thanksgiving. This will be a Thanksgiving message that will apply to your life. And if you're someone who has come and listened to these different messages on Nehemiah, uh, just to tell you in case you didn't know, he got the wall built. So that's the good news. He came from Babylon, that it, that it took some time. And in 53 days uh, of doing nothing else but focusing on the wall, rallying the people around, he got the wall built. And for that reason, it was also a time of thanksgiving for, for him and his people. And so that is where the, this message kind of dovetails, is that it's, it's a message about Nehemiah, but even more than that, it is a message about thanksgiving and, and very much applicable to us today. So as we begin, my question for you is, do you think that people, for the most part, are thankful or not so much thankful? I guess maybe thankful or, or do they have more of a spirit of entitlement with the people that you run into as a group? Now, as you do that, I know you, you see this through the filter of your life. And so somewhere in the, the midst of this, you're answering also the question, am I a thankful person or not? And as I was thinking about this, listening through my filter, watching it through my filter, I realized that I am not necessarily a thankful person. And an example of that today was, um, I woke up today, I don't feel good today. It started yesterday, I don't know if it's like just a little bit of the flu or what it is, but, um, but I woke up and it's, it's that where I just feel kind of weak and drained. My, my head is kind of cloudy type thing. Uh, and, I, and I just, I don't feel good. And then, and then I start thinking about that. that. That's the way the filter I, I, I wake up and I listen through. What's wrong with me today? That, that as I'm laying in bed, I don't think about what feels good. I think about what hurts. Okay. And that's where my thoughts go. So I could get, have gotten up today and say, oh my gosh, the legs are working. That's good. Uh, you know, oh, I can walk around today. I can move. Obviously, nothing wrong with the mouth and lungs because you're complaining and everyone can hear. So you must be doing great, Dan. It must be a good day. But it's not a good day because of what doesn't feel good about me. So as, as you look at that, how, how do you look at that? Secondly, you might, if you are a thankful person or not a thankful person, uh, you can look at those around you. How, how do you look at them? Now, sorry, babe, I didn't tell you you were going to be in the message, but it wasn't planned today. But Tanya has one job that she, well, <laughs> that she has to do every day. And then I know. And that is, look at me before I leave the house to make sure I'm presentable. That, to me, is the most important thing she does. 
And today she was out for a walk, which means I did not get the wife look over before I left. And I had not worn this sweater since last winter. And so some people were wondering, do you own an iron? Stuff like that. But what I really had was stuff hanging from it that looked like it was nasty, okay? So much so that I noticed it once I got here. And then one of the people who are wearing a blue shirt that said, how can I help, uh, actually approached me and said, Dan, how can we help you uh, with this issue? And so they got his scissors and they, they took care of that. So this is my point. What was I thinking about? The one out of 10,000 things that my wife does, I thought about the one thing that in this moment that I could complain about that she's not doing as opposed to everything else that she is. That's, that's the way I roll. And I realize that, that it, it makes me a miserable person. That I look at it, that, that on any given day, simply by the way that I look at it, it's so important. Now, when, when you think about this as you're leading yourself or as you're leading your family, that's one thing. But now, try to understand how infectious a bad attitude is on a group of people. And Moses had this, where, where the children of Israel had been rescued from slavery. They had plundered Egypt. And what did they do? All they thought about is what they didn't have. And, and time after time, again, they were, they were saying, we should go back to, to where we used to be in Egypt. And it was so good there. It's like, have you guys lost your minds? Do you not remember? You were in slavery there. Uh, the, the bricks without straw, that whole thing. It was all about attitude. And it was all about perspective. And I am wondering how many of us live each day in a slavery, in a, in a wishing for something better, when what we do have is already pretty special. And, and what it takes is not so much of a change of circumstances, but what it takes is a change of mind, a, a change of perspective. And, and so today, I, I said this before, and I want to make sure you hear it, my goal for you today is not that you give thanks more. That is not my goal. My goal, and I think the, the, the purpose of this message as you see it from God's word, is that you are renewed. And that's completely different. Because Thanksgiving can be like law motivated, like yeah, I should probably give thanks more. It's one more thing that I need to do. But renewal is different. Renewal is not just about some actions or habits that change, but it's about a heart change. It's about the Lord working inside of you and sending his Holy Spirit to do that. And so let's see how we are renewed by confession and thanksgiving. So we start, if you go to your notes, uh, Nehemiah 7 verse 1. We're going to be in chapter 8 and 9, but chapter 7 verse verse 1 is where it all starts uh, with the completion of the wall. And here's what it says. After the wall had been rebuilt... And I had set the doors in place, the gatekeepers, the musicians, and the Levites were appointed. The wall was built. And so as we look at this, it's so great because this building project, this wall that was going to to be around the city was completed. 
But if you remember, if you've heard any of these messages before, you might remember that Nehemiah was not trying to get a wall done. He was trying to get a people done. The building project was the people. And what we begin to see is as he completed in the wall, different things that he could give thanks to God for and changes that were made in the people. And so in the first blank, it's Thanksgiving uh, 542 BC. Thank God for the wall. Thank God for the wall. So it's a thing, thing to give thanks God for. Now, as you look at those, those previous words, that there were gatekeepers, musicians, and Levites. And I think it's that in those jobs, we begin to understand what the wall truly meant. And the first part is that there were now gatekeepers. If you live in Levine, South Phoenix, uh, you know that there are times when our, our neighborhoods uh, might not seem the safest. And so for that reason, maybe as you have lived here, you have decided, you know what? I want to live in a gated community. And in, in the gated community, I'm safer. And if you feel that way, good for you. But the reality of it is, is that um, as someone who routinely goes through gates to see people who don't necessarily want to see me, uh, when people are coming out, I know how easy it is to get in a, a, a gated community when you don't have the coat. But now I want you to imagine that you live in a, a gated community that was also a guarded community. And that every one of the gates of, of your, the place where you live now has someone on duty 24 hours a day, seven days a week, each and every gate that you have. Now, all of a sudden, you know what? I'm feeling a little safer and recognize that, it, that if people are going to come and looking to do bad things, they're probably going to go to the next neighborhood and leave us alone. That is what it meant. When, when, you, when you realize that they were giving thanks for the wall, they were giving, safe, they were giving thanks for security. We're safe again. That people aren't going to be coming and going as they please and taking all of our stuff. The next part is that now was a time there were going to be musicians. There hadn't been singing in the temple and singing of God's people for a long period of time. If anything, there was just, there was just sadness. It was a luxury that they could not afford. But now that the gate was secure... Not only was the city secure, but the temple was secure. And now the work, whether it be done by the musicians or the Levites, who were going to bring, be bringing in the sheep through the sheep gate again for the sacrifice, who were going to be starting up the work of the temple, all of these things were going to be done. And they had reason to give, God, give thanks to God. Give thanks for the wall. Give thanks for stuff. Now, I'm going to stop the message for a little bit. And what we're going to do is you now are, are going to go through an exercise of thanks. So you're not just talking about it today. You're going to do it. So here's what I want you to do. Every person in here has to do this. So do it right now. And what you're going to do is you're going to give thanks to God for three people in your life. Three people. And to help you figure out who you want to give thanks for, number one, I want you to think about the person in your life who gives you the best hugs. Think who that is. They might only be like a year and a half old. That's okay. They can still give you good hugs. And if there is someone here who, who can't think of anyone, 
Kathy Wade will be available after the service. Uh, down front, uh, she's got the Live Generously shirt on. She will give you the best hug you've had in a very long time. So that's number one. Number one person, I'm, who is the person who gives me hugs? And I go, wow, that's a good hug. Number two person. And this is the person that makes me laugh. This is the person that when you, you go in the house and you hear that, that laughter from another room, you just start laughing and you don't even know what they're talking about. That, that they are someone that just, there's something about them that they, they lighten your heart, they lighten the mood. When you see them, you smile. I don't know, they might tell bad jokes or good jokes or not even funny jokes, but, but the thing is, is they laugh. They make you laugh. And then the third person is someone who has been with you through the deepest um, bad time of your life. I, I want you to think of someone that when you go through, someone who is like, they just don't scare easy. That, that you, they've been next to you at a time when it was like no one else knows or cares, and they just, they stuck with me. And because of that, their, their friendship and their love for me just has, has galvanized that relationship. Got those three? What is happening at this moment is serotonin is being produced in your brain and it's beginning to affect the way that you think and it's beginning to affect your heart in ways that quite frankly, I don't even understand. But it's a part of renewal. Simply taking time to remember people, people that are very close to you and very important to you and people who love you it is a start of this process. Give thanks for things. Next, Ezra opened the book. The book, the book, God's word. Um, all the people could see him because he was standing above them. They had built a little bit of a stage and he opened it. The people all stood up. Ezra praised the Lord, the great God, and all the people lifted their hands and responded, amen, amen. And then they bowed down and worshiped the Lord with their faces to the ground. As they started having this, this Thanksgiving-type atmosphere, realizing everything that had been done, as they counted their blessing, it led them to praise the Lord. And in the blank, let's do this. We give praise and thanks to God by valuing what he has to say to us and bowing in worship to him. We give praise and thanks to God by valuing what he has to say and bowing in worship to him. This is, this is one of the parts that, that as you, you remember these people who love and care about you, I have to believe that at some time or another you talk to them, that you have conversations with them. Maybe even you, by the end of the day, you'll say thank you to them. Maybe send a text. Say, hey, I just gave thanks for you at church today. It's pretty cool. Thank you. Thank you for your hugs. Thank you for making me laugh. Thank you for loving me. So as we look at this now, as we're listening to valuing, now is this part where the way that we begin to value God is by listening to him. When Tanya and I got married, there was an individual who was a friend of the family, had been a friend of the family for a long time, gave us an embarrassing amount of stuff for our wedding. I have thousands of dollars of washer, dryer, stereo equipment, TV. I mean, it was, it was to the point where it was 
It was, it was almost embarrassing realizing how, um, how, how much they, they gave to us, this individual gave to us. And so what we want to do is we wanted to say thank you. So what do you do? Get a thank you card and, put, or a thank you card and then put a gift card in it? Here's $25 to Applebee's. <laughs> you know, it just is like, no. What, what do you give the person that has everything? And so what we decided to do was just go and talk to them and just say, you know what? We're just going to stop by and, and thank you. And you know what he said? If you want to thank me, the number one thing you can do is let me take you out for a steak dinner tonight and let's have supper tonight. And I'm like, great, now I got to write another thank you uh, for, the, the, for the steak dinner. Maybe we could give you a gift card to your favorite restaurant. He's like, stop it. What do you give to someone who has everything? And, and as we look at the Lord, what do we give back to the one who has given us everything and the one who has everything? And his response is, Spend time with me. Listen to me. Listen to my life-giving word. Uh, whether it be from Old Testament, the accounts of my greatness, or whether it be as I, I tell you again about how much I love you through Jesus Christ, you want to say thank you, don't forget that. You, you want to say thank you to me? Live every day remembering that, being renewed by the, how much I love and care about you, and, and be reminded that these gifts have only started then they are going to continue. This is how Thanksgiving starts to renew me. Not, not give me one more thing to do, but rather I recognize how much I am loved by my God. Value uh, what he has to say and worship him. Next, Nehemiah says, go and enjoy choice food and sweet drinks and send some to those who have nothing prepared. The day is holy to our God. Do not grieve for the Lord, for the joy of the Lord is your strength, and that's Nehemiah 8, verse 10. I don't know if you've ever done this, but if you haven't, I, I would encourage it. And that is, go on Google, search the internet for the power of thanksgiving. And, and just then in there, the power of thanksgiving, why am I going to want to do this? And this isn't even necessarily Christian. I'm just saying that, that if you go in there and, and you find individuals who on any given day count three things, that's it. All you have to do is spend enough time, five minutes in a day, to give thanks to God for three things or just simply give thanks for three things, identify three things in your life, this is what it says will happen. Reduce depression, improve your self-esteem, increase your energy, Develop a stronger immune system. Decrease blood pressure. Increase sleep quality. Reduce and cope with negative stress. It helps you eat healthier. Have deeper relationships. Increase productivity. Improve job performance. This is my favorite. Become more likable. And some of you need it. So let's get the thanks. <laughs> reach, reach goals faster. Have more happiness and well-being. Reduce negative emotions such as envy, hatred, and anger. And increase positive emotions such as love and empathy. Oh my goodness. If you take vitamins, put a little note that says, give thanks for three things next to your vitamins. It's going to help more. That when you look at this, these are things that people on a regular basis medicate themselves for. And it's simply going through this, recognizing how much I've been given. 
But for us, it's even more than that. When he says, that's what it means when it says, the joy of the Lord is your strength. What this is saying is, as we take time to count the blessings that God has given us, God might be worshiped and praised through it, which he is, but you know who benefits from it? You do. And so if you think Thanksgiving is this kind of weird way where God wants us to say thank you so he gets all the credit he deserves, okay, yeah, there's a component to that, the fact that he's God and you are not, where you recognize when someone gives you that it's good manners to say thank you. But as God encourages you to thank him, it's not just for for his glory. It's for your mental and physical well-being to recognize how much you have been given. In the blank, if, if you don't have that yet, thanksgiving is a powerful tool by which we receive strength from the Lord as we remember his goodness. Strength from the Lord. Next, Nehemiah 9. On the 24th day of the same month, the Israelites gathered together, fasting and wearing sackcloth and putting dust on their heads. They stood where they were and read from the book of the law of the Lord their God for a quarter of the day. So probably like four hours, if not more than that. And then spent another quarter in confession and in worshiping the Lord their God. So all of those who you say you can't come to the installation service because you already came today, yeah, this is it. You're coming to both. Um, no, that's not the point. But, but as we look at this, this is, this is the role. Now, we've gone the role of thanksgiving. This is the role of confession, and this is so important. I want you to imagine two different scenarios. And the first one is this. I want you to imagine that, that you were told that you, you're going to go to prison and you have to serve out a, a sentence in prison. And uh, I'll tell you, I, there, there is an individual I go uh, visit every month in Lewis Prison Buckley Unit. Yeah, that's the one where the doors don't lock. And so, it's, so I get to go there to, to Lewis Prison every month, and it's just whatever. It, it's, it's its own type of crazy. If you've ever been there, you know that. Now, I want you to imagine that someone told you, Dan, you are going to a supermax prison, and where they actually take me is to the Hampton Inn. I'm like, this isn't so bad. Yeah, the door's locked, and it's got a chain on it. That's good. Does the cable work? Yeah. It's got two, two queen-size beds in it. Nice. Your own shower? Yeah, this is it. Yeah, there's also a pool outside and, and a hot tub, too. I'd be like... Yeah, this isn't so bad. But now I want you to imagine that someone told you that they were going to give you a weekend at the best hotel, five-star hotel in Phoenix. And they took you to the Hampton Inn. You'd be like, are you kidding me? Nice, nice view of the dumpster, you know, looking out there going, there's nothing even in it. Does this refrigerator even work? There's nothing in it. It's not stocked. Where's room service? So what you're telling me is the room service is Domino's Pizza that I get to call for them to bring it here. This place stinks. I I don't like it at all. And all of that, it's the same place. It's the same exact room. But the only difference is what your expectation is going in. That having been said, I I, I think back to a, a confession of sins that I learned growing up. That I confess to the Lord that I am sinful. I've sinned against the Lord 
in my thoughts, in my words, and in my actions. I've done what is evil, and I've failed to do what is good. And the next words are very important. For this reason, I deserve to be punished, not only now, but also in eternity. For this reason, I deserve your punishment both now and in eternity. I want you to think about that because that is something that, that when you begin to do, that, that's expectation. That's about what do I expect in my life? What do I deserve? If God were to give me what I deserve today, what would it be? First of all, it would be taking away everything that I have. Secondly, it would be being punished for all the wrong that I've done, not only for now, but also in eternity as well. I would be in God's prison in this life and the next. And then when I wake up, I realize, oh my gosh, I got a little flu, but I'm, I'm, still, I'm still alive. That, that as I look around at what I've been given, it hasn't all been taken away, but, but graciously given to me. And then it changes the expectation of the person standing next to me. Because I don't know about the person here with you today if they did this when Stephen went through, but I confess that I'm a sinner. You know what? The person next to me confessed that they were sinful as well. And so my expectation of them is not that they're going to be perfect, but they, I know they're imperfect. There are going to be times that they hurt me, and I'm just thankful I don't hurt them all the time. And they don't hurt me all the time either. That, that as we look at what God has done through us, it's pretty special. And I can be very thankful for that. The renewal that comes by confession comes when you set your expectation of what you deserve from God, which is not only nothing, but also punishment. And then what he gives us instead is, is what we don't deserve and what we could never expect. That instead of the slavery, he gives us adoption. Instead of the dungeon, he, he gives us a mansion in his house. That God gives us the exact opposite of what we deserve. And to the extent that we remember that on a daily basis, our hearts and attitudes change. In the blank, you can write, Thanksgiving can be bittersweet. Thanksgiving can be bittersweet. The bitterness is the confession of our sin. The sweetness is the gospel that comes. And we thank him for the grace which we, which we need desperately. My goodness, and it is desperation. Lord, we need you. We need you. And he gives us exactly what we need in our need. The next words then, the response, stand up and praise the Lord, your God, who is from everlasting to everlasting. Blessed be your gracious name and may it be exalted above all blessing and praise. You alone are the Lord. You made the heavens and, and even the highest heavens and all their starry hosts, the earth and all that is on it, the seas and all that is in them. You gave life to everything and the multitudes of heaven worship you. You are the Lord. You are the Lord God who chose Abram and brought him out of Ur of the Chaldeans and named him Abraham. Took him from being Abram, someone who had no future, no child, to Abraham, the father of many nations. Let's do the, the fill-in right away. God has established a track record of undeserved love across the ages. It is seen most clearly in Jesus. 
He's developed this track record. And, and that's why as we look at the encouragement for you to read God's word uh, in the Bible, that's why, it, that as you look through it, you begin to see God's track record. The God who continues to go from, from generation to generation, being faithful to his promises, being there for his people. The ultimate of that is seen in Jesus. And, and in Nehemiah chapter 9, what he does is he goes all the way from the beginning through creation, through Abraham, but then he just keeps going. He keeps going generation after generation, how the Lord was there for them every time. Second thing for you to do today. This is my, my challenge for you. And that is make a track record of God's grace in your life. I don't even know if I know anything that happened in 2008. I don't know. Just random, random year. 2002? I don't know. But I, but I have to believe that, that, well, I do know this, that I, used, that I said 2018 is, that everything has got to calm down after 2018 because this was like the worst year ever. And then 2019 came and it beat 2018. But, but not in like a, a, a horrible way. What it meant was there was a lot of things that I didn't know how I was going to get done. And what had happened in each one of these crises, that crises that happened every time is the Lord answered. And then I continued as though I took care of it. Pray, Lord, please, please take care of this and then take credit for it. Kind of reminds me, it's kind of a joke. I don't know if you've ever heard this before. It's, it's like a, the person who on Christmas Eve is, is going through the, the mall parking lot and there's no spaces open. And, and so they pray, dear Lord, please just give me a parking spot. I'm, I'm just, Lord, open it up and I'm telling you, I'll go to church tonight, uh, you know, all the different things, Lord. Please, Lord, help me to get the spot. And just as they're pulling down that aisle, someone in the very front spot backs out, pulls away. They pull in the spot and said, you know, Lord, forget it. I got it taken care of myself. I'm good. That's what we do. We go to the Lord in prayer. We, we pray and we pray and we pray. And then when he does it, he go, we go, yeah, look, look at me. And to the extent that I take credit for what God does, I rob myself of the thanks and, and, and I rob myself of the track record of God where he continues to do all these things. And I put for the future, I get more and more anxiety because I ask the question, what am I going to do about this? But our God is the Lord. I am who I am, the great I am who came to Moses. He is the God of the past. He is the God of the present. He is the God of the future. But to him, there is no past and there is no future. He is in this constant state of present. I am who I am. Please, please, please take time. Call it giving thanks or call it simply looking back at the track record. Try to think back of at least five crises in your life that you were like, I don't know how I'm going to get through this and watch how the Lord has brought you to where you are today. You will be blessed you will be amazed as you realize how God has worked in your life. And then finally, uh, Nehemiah uh, 9, 28 to 29, and then 38. 
But as soon as they were at rest, this is the problem, they again did what was evil in your sight. Then you abandoned them to the hand of their enemies so that they ruled over them. And when they cried out to you again, you heard from heaven and in your compassion, you delivered them time after time. You warned them in order to turn them back to your law, but they became arrogant and disobeyed your commands. In view of all this, we are making a binding agreement, putting it in writing and affixing their seals to it. Do you, do you see how this pattern continues to work? I was watching, a, a, it was, I don't know, a college football program of some kind, and they were talking with a coach, and they were talking about how his players had to face adversity. And the coach made a very interesting uh, comment when he said, my players have no problem dealing with adversity. The problem is they don't know how to deal with success. And those words were like, wow, wow. When they realize they are struggling and they need the help and they need the support, they're coming to the right place. But when they read too many headlines and they think they're all that and they think it's just going to be given to them, that's when we got problems. And I just wonder in my life, I do think about this. I pray about this. Lord, is, is the problem in my life that I cannot handle success? Is the reason why it seems to be one day after another where, where I, I struggle and struggle, is it simply to bring me back to my knees before you, to bow before you and realize my great need for you? And if that is the case, then don't give me success. Please, Lord, if it will break me, if it is something that I cannot handle, please beat me down. Because the win in my life is not to have more things to be thankful for. The win in my life is to be renewed by the promises of my God who loves me very much. The win of our lives is to look past these things and, and to real, realize and see them as coming from a, a great and loving God. But the ultimate thanks goes to him. The ultimate thanks is to thank God for who he is. He is the Lord the Lord who has established this track record of love in my life and continues to care for me. In the blank, you can write, giving thanks is an ongoing necessity for God's people. It's an ongoing necessity for God's people. I don't know where you're at. I don't know if you're going through a difficult time today or if today you're like, no, I'm like ready for some pumpkin spice latte. Uh, it's Thanksgiving time, it's good. Uh, no matter what it is, I, I hope that you recognize that as you are cultivating a, a thankful heart, don't do it with thanksgiving or confession. Do it with confession and thanksgiving. Both of those are such vital parts of, of standing before the Lord our God, understanding expectation for our lives and our expectations from him but then going from there, realizing his track record of love that will continue in your life. Let's pray. Dear Lord God, uh, we do thank you that, that you love us enough uh, to not only give us blessings, but also give us hardships. Lord, as we go through difficult times, and, and no matter what they are, if they're difficulties in health, if they're difficulties in relationship, if they're difficulties at work, if whatever they are, Lord, uh, let us... Look at those and, and let, a, let them not take us by surprise. We live in an imperfect world, which is why this isn't our home. Our home's with you in heaven. And so, Lord, as we go day by day, help us to pick three things. 
Three things, three people, whatever it is that we can look at, three evidences of your grace that will renew our hearts day after day. In that way, Lord, uh, the joy of the Lord will be our strength, and we thank you for that. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So before we close, if you would like more information about Crosswalk or to listen to other messages, head over to crosswalkphoenix.com or come and see us. Services are held at Cesar Chavez High School at 41st Avenue and Baseline on Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m. Visit our website for directions. And now some closing thoughts from Pastor Dan. All right, two more things to thank God for. I'm a child of God and the Crosswalk Band. All right, good stuff. Uh, just a reminder today, 3 o'clock for the, the service. Also, uh, if you have any questions about Feed a Family, so many things going on right now. Uh, and finally, what we've all been waiting for next week, Pastor Chris's first message. Look out, all the pressure's on. And the new message series, uh, What Am I Not Going to Do for Christmas? So I think it's going to be one, uh, a very good one as well. So as you go here from here today, go with the Lord's blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you his peace. Amen. Have a great day.